Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Nice to be with you tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. We are coming to you live tonight from downtown Manhattan. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage and tonight we have a very special program scheduled. As always, if you would like to join our conversation tonight or if you'd like someone to pray with, we will have call screeners standing by. And in fact, Pastor Matt, do you want to introduce our call screeners this evening to start off our program? Well, absolutely, Micah. We've had a great missions conference yeah, we have. this week, haven't we? We started on Wednesday. We went up to Tri-State Bible Camp this weekend, on yeah. <laughs> Friday and Saturday and then got back last night and then had a great service today and a, and a supper after the service and yeah, really just special. wonderful fellowship. And our missionaries are here they are. in the studio tonight. And we're going to have with us Dr. and Mrs. Marshall Fant. And we're going to talk through a message that Dr. Fant has preached entitled, Simple Instructions in Challenging, Complicated, and Confusing Times. Mm. I think New Yorkers could hear that message. I think they can identify with that, yeah. Because life is challenging, complicated, and confusing. And we're going to really dive into Psalm 34. But Dr. Fant had a very intense situation in his life. And that mm. is, he had, he had a eye issues, something happened to his eye, and he's going to talk to us about that, mm -hmm. which resulted in four surgeries, and the fifth surgery, they removed his eye, mm -hmm. and he's going to talk to us personally from his experience of how the Lord led him and worked in him, so that's going to be, this is going to be a great program yeah. tonight, mm -hmm. and just stick with us, but first, before the fans are with us to talk through this message, we have with us Tim and Claire Peterson, and they are what we call missionaries on deputation mm -hmm. to go to Poland, which means they haven't gotten there yet. They're raising money and prayer support in order to go to Poland. And they've been in our church, and we were blessed by their fellowship, and they're here with us tonight. And we thought we'd bring them in the studio and just hear their testimonies, and then mm -hmm. they'll be call screening the rest of the program. Yeah. So listeners, feel free to call and, and pray with missionaries on their way to Poland, Tim and Claire Peterson tonight, You and write the number down. You can call anytime during the program. It's 929-333-3739. So Tim and Claire, great to have you guys glad with to us. Be here. Great yeah. to be here. Really glad to be here. So yeah, my name is Tim Peterson, and my wife and I are going to Poland as missionaries. And Poland is just, it's a predominantly Roman Catholic country. 93% of the population claims to be Catholic, mm. and only 02 claim to be mm. evangelical or Protestant of any kind. So there's a huge need for gospel preaching churches. Mm -hmm. And that's the burden and the need that I saw growing up there, because my parents are missionaries there in yes. Poland. So growing up there, I saw that need, and ju God just burdened my heart to come back mm -hmm. and to um, try to plant another gospel preaching church. And so initially, not, not to disparage uh, other religions and even the Roman Catholic system, but a lot of people would think, hey, there's there's plenty of Christians. Catholics are Christians. Why go to a country with, with so many 
Roman Catholic Christians, why do they need Jesus? Yeah, and that's a good question. But it's it really because their view of salvation mm-hmm. is not what the Bible teaches. They're mm-hmm. teaching a works-based salvation mm-hmm. that you get to heaven based on faith and good works. But if you look at the Bible, it teaches that it's by faith alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to hope. Cho- try to tell them that good news that it's not based on their own own works but they can be saved through Jesus Christ alone so that's really what our burden is and we're looking forward to being able to get there we're at 47% support so almost that's halfway great. there yeah. and uh, we're excited to see what God does when we can get there that's great and Claire tell us how you got involved in this exciting journey <laughs> so um, I actually grew up as a missionary kid in Hong Kong um, and I absolutely loved growing up there it was definitely my home and I really wanted to go back um, but when I was in university um, studying to be an English teacher um, I met Tim and I really had to um, be willing <sighs> for God to call me to Poland as well. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit of a struggle. It took a while for me to be willing because it um, life in Poland just looked really different from what I had imagined for myself. Even though I wanted to use English teaching in ministry and I wanted to go overseas, hopefully back to Hong Kong, I just had never imagined myself in a place like Poland. You know, that actually happened to me and my wife. Because my first day with her, I told her I was going to New York City. And she had surrendered to go to the mission field. She thought that meant Africa. And so she even broke up with me for three days. I'm still bitter at her for that. But, uh, no. Okay, well, Tim and Claire, we're so excited to have you. Thanks for sharing tonight. And pray for Tim and Claire Peterson on their way to Poland to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the precious Polish people. And you can call them now at 929-333-3739. If you have questions about the gospel, maybe you're Roman Catholic and you're not sure you're born again. Please even call us tonight that we could share the love of Jesus Christ with you. Or if you have other burdens that you would just like to share, get with us tonight at 929-333-3739. So uh, Dr. Fant and Gretchen Fant are with us as well. And I mentioned earlier we're going to talk through it. This is a message you've preached, Dr. Fant, on simple instructions in challenging, complicated, and confusing times. I have yeah, that right. They are, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there can be those times. That's right. And and I know that you had a, a tremendous experience a difficult trial a major trial in your life leading to those multiple surgeries and the removal of your eye and so you're going to share with us what happened but first we're going to read the passage of psalm 34 together Mm -hmm. then have a word of prayer we'll dive right into that okay so let's begin at verse 1 psalm 34 i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, and loveth many days, that he may see good? 
Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are broken heart, and saveth such as contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Amen. Okay, and Micah, lead us out, please, in prayer. Yes. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for another opportunity, another Sunday night where we can be on the airwaves, Lord. So I just pray that tonight we are able to be encouraged, be strengthened, Lord, um, even to taste and see that you are good, Lord. So please bless our conversation and bless our hearers this evening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so, Dr. Fang, good to have you yeah. and Gretchen with it's us It's great tonight. to be here. Yeah. Thank you. We've yeah. known each other for a few years, right? Yeah, a long time. And yeah. first time I met you, you were a successful businessman. Yeah. And then God called you into ministry. You were a pastor for 21 years. Yeah. And now you're working with Gospel Fellowship Association Missions, a missionary yeah. agency of which great. I'm a part. So, actually, why don't we just start? And what is your what is your work and function at GFA Missions? Yeah, well, my wife Gretchen and I work as a couple, so we go out and help churches and church revitalization. And you know, churches can sometimes get distracted or discouraged mm-hmm. in the area, and so we just yeah. go in and try to help them identify. Okay, what's the next step of faith you need to take, and and just try to get back to effective evangelism, and you know, just trying to encourage pastors and their wives and. And yeah. um, that's a great need. Yeah, so that's really what we do. And then we also have interim pastors that go in. Mm-hmm. We have about 20 that go in with churches that are without pastors for a season. Mm-hmm. And they go in and help the church find a new pastor, then they move on. So it's a great privilege to do that. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And Gretchen, you do a lot of counseling as well. Yes, and, and you're a certified counselor and, and help a lot of women along the way. I do. I, I try to try to do that. And I'm, I'm certified through ACBC, and I meet with uh, pastors' wives often. Uh, I do uh, phone a lot of phone conversations and Zoom calls and mm-hmm. for, and one-on-one counseling uh, uh, under the authority of the church. Mm-hmm. So. That's beautiful. Yeah. Praise mm-hmm. God. So, Dr. Fant, let's talk about this major trial that led to yeah. the removal of your eye. And so yeah. just generally what happened and then... Tell us as well how Psalm 34, which is what we read tonight, how this passage ministered to you. Yeah, Pastor Recker, thanks again. So what happened one morning, I was doing exercising with an exercise band, and it slipped out from under my foot, long story short. So it hit me in the glasses, glasses in the eye, and the eyeball ruptured. Hmm. So that led on a trek of several surgeries and eventually after about 14 months, uh, the fifth surgery took out the eye. But during that trial... Uh, a friend of ours had challenged us on psalms of praise. And, you know, there, there are certain psalms in Scripture mm-hmm. that we just need to learn to pray. And mm-hmm. so when I yeah. hit the trial, and, and I, I, Psalm 34 was one of those. And so I said, okay, let's start in Psalm 34. And, and you know, so I started doing some research because, really, I was kind of overwhelmed. And, and Pastor Ecke, I'm sure you, you and, you know, Micah deal with people that are overwhelmed. So those that are... Yeah. Maybe listening, you know, if they're overwhelmed, just listen to this psalm. Because here's what I found about the psalm. It's it's a Hebrew acrostic. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. it's kind of like the ABC. So, yeah. And, you know, when we get problems, sometimes we get paralyzed, you know, or going through a trial. We don't know what to do. So I think Psalm 34 um, just lays out A, B, C, so through confusing or challenging times. And then I ran across verse 19, which is kind of where it all started, many of the afflictions of the righteous. So the trial I'm having, I need to learn how to deal with it because this won't be the only affliction. Then it says the Lord delivereth him out of them all. So that's kind of how I started Psalm 34. And and it became a prayer of praise and helped me walk through it. So as we walked through the psalm together, that's how kind of that's how it became uh, kind of my my um, my prayer of praise through the journey uh, of the trial I was facing. Okay, so so as you look at the psalm, you see it in two main parts: uh, your attitude yeah. toward the mm-hmm. trial, and then your answer yeah. toward the tr- in the trial. So. And then the attitude is, first of all, we have to praise God, that we say, I, I will praise the Lord. So yeah. our attitude in trials is, is reflected in these words, is it not? And, it is. and the psalmist, with all of his fears, yeah. he still gives God praise. So how and why? Why does the psalmist, and why should anyone commit themselves to praising God when we're in the midst of, of trials like this? Well... I think the Lord, we, we hold the Lord as sovereign. In other words, He's in control of all things, and therefore our attitude must reflect who we worship. So as a believer in Christ, I, I knew God was in control. And He says in verse 1, I will praise and I will bless. In verse 2, I will boast. In other words, I'm going to make my glory. I'm going to glory in the Lord. And in verse 3, Lord, I want to magnify. My attitude has got to be, Lord, you magnify your name. Magnify the Lord with me. So this trial has got not about me. It's about the journey the Lord is taking me on. And I will bless. I will praise. You know, I will boast. And, Lord, use this. uh, Make this continually in my mouth. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. His firm resolve. That's how I... I, I phrase it, the firm resolve he has that even if no one else does, he right. said, I, I will. Yeah. And it doesn't matter at what time. It says mm-hmm. continually, all mm-hmm. the time, and in every situation, in any affliction. Mm-hmm. Micah? Yeah, you know, it's it's so great to have the testimony of people sharing um, how God is with them through the trial and how they're praising God through the trial. And I recently actually witnessed somebody praising God through a trial, even though the trial ended in death. You know, as some of our mm-hmm. listeners may remember, back on June 5th, we prayed mm. for a friend of mine named Tiffany who had yeah. terminal cancer, and Tiffany did end up passing away last month, leaving behind her husband and three small children. Mm. And while her death is certainly a tragedy, the amazing thing is that both privately and publicly, Tiffany praised the Lord throughout her mm-hmm. illness, constantly saying, hashtag, thank you, Jesus, in all of her social media posts. She spoke about the, her prayers to the Lord. She asked others to pray for her. Mm. And she said that she knew God would heal her, whether in this life or in the next. So it was just amazing to watch. And then at Tiffany's funeral, uh, her youngest sister actually shared a profound insight. She told the hundreds gathered that she had been bargaining with God to take her life instead of her older sister Tiffany's. Mm -hmm. But she realized that God was able to glorify himself so much more through Tiffany because Tiffany was an extrovert. She had a large circle of influence. So literally hundreds and maybe even thousands of people heard the gospel proclaimed throughout the 20 months of Tiffany's cancer and then even at the funeral. So Tiffany praised and glorified him up until the very end. And that's the reason we have to say, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. Yeah. Gretchen? Yes, I, I agree. I think uh, um, having a very strong belief in the sovereignty of God is where it has to start. You have to believe that God's in control. But I also think that you have to have a very strong belief that God is good and that he loves you. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a strong a God who's in control but does, doesn't love you is a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's what you, what you said uh, in what, that account that you just gave, mm-hmm. that she had a, a strong sense that God loves her. Yeah. And, and, and I, I believe with, with Marcia in this, this uh, accident, it was, the, it was the same thing. We have to believe that God is good, mm-hmm. and He has our best interest in mind. Is that's the essence of sin? Really, is to is to forget that God is good. Yeah. And so I think that's a really important yeah. part. And even and, and I'll, maybe we'll talk later later on what was what David was doing here at this time. But he was struggling. It's yeah. not as if he was perfect. No. no. And I think he's reminding himself what he should be doing and not yeah. doubting, not murmuring, not complaining about the situation, but a firm resolve, I will bless the Lord. So in verses 4 through 7, Dr. Fant, we really see the psalmist not only in his attitude saying, I will praise the Lord, but I will pray. Yeah. I will pray in, in verses 4 through 7. Yeah. So let, let's talk about how and why prayer is so important in trials. And, and how do we pray? How did you learn to pray as well in that time when you were afraid and uncertain about the future of, of your eye? Yeah, I think um, for our listeners' sake, we must be honest and say sometimes it's hard to pray. Mm-hmm. When you're overcome with pain and affliction and you're hurting, mm-hmm. you know, you really don't know what to do. And that's the reason praying Scripture is so important because... When our minds are confused, and we can go to a psalm and just pray this to the Lord. And then, as it says, then we can go, it says, I sought the Lord, verse 4. And and look what the rest of verse 4 says. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. So the truth of verse 4 is, in the midst of pain and suffering, and even we'll get into a few minutes of depression Mm -hmm. during the trial, um, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And it goes on in verse 4, and it says, he delivered me out of all. All of my fears. So this word A L L all is key throughout this whole passage. Mm-hmm. And and then in verse five they looked to him and were enlightened, their faces were not ashamed. So when we look to the Lord, you know, our countless of our face will reflect, you know, what we see in the Lord and it's almost, you know, like we go out in the sun too much and we get a reflection of that on our face. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when we pray. And then, Pastor Recker, if you want to read verse six, I think that's so special to me. Yeah, yeah. This poor man cried. Yeah. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Amen. So, yeah. you know, there are times we just have to cry out. Yeah. That's emotionally crying out and biblically crying out. And it says, as this poor man. So when we are afflicted and all of our listeners who are going through a physical affliction, whether it be a, a cancer or surgery or whatever it may be, or these trials. See, the, the advantage I had, Pastor Recker, is I had a eye problem everybody could see it mm. you know uh i had to wear a big old patch and but a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are going through struggles that people can't see oh, mm-hmm. and and so this is the reason this verse is so important that this poor man cried the lord heard him and then in verse seven you know um pastor record i'll let you comment on it if you want to but this is says the angel of the lord encamps around those that fear him and delivers them mm. 
this is a special promise. Yeah, who's that angel of the Lord? Do you well, uh, yeah, I think it's in the Old Testament, so pre-incarnate Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so Gretchen, how did how did this trial teach you to pray for Marsh and even others that were going through through trials like this? And because you weren't going through the trial yourself, but you were going through the trial in a way with with your husband. Well, it is my trial as well, and at the beginning, you know, when he had the accident, I, you just jump into action and you, you know, run, I put him right in the car, ran to the, the doctor and, and, and so forth. But after things had settled down and, and the reality of it hit, uh, I really think the biggest um, emotion that I had was that of fear mm. because I began to uh, think about, began to dwell in the future on all those what ifs. Uh, you know, the future belongs to God and that God gives us no grace at all to dwell in the future. And, and so uh, I, I would begin to think about his other eye and the fact that he had already had troubles with his other eye as well. And then I think, well, then probably he will go blind. And then then my mind would go to, oh, who will be blind? And so then we'll have to learn Braille. And then he will, and you know, and you're, before you know it, you yes. are way down the road. Mm. And so... Uh, I I think as far as learning to pray, I think it just makes you more sensitive mm-hmm. to people. It's easy to, to tell people, you know, uh, don't dwell in the future, and God is God, and He's going, He's God is sovereign, and He loves you, and these things. But when then when it happens to you, uh, to have yeah. to work through those things makes you much more sensitive. And I think Marsh said this too. He had at the beginning. He had really bad headaches when it yeah. first happened because his eye, the eye cavity filled with blood, mm. and he had uh, he had migraines for about two weeks while they waited for his uh, the swelling to go down so they could do anything. Mm. And he had severe migraines and really had some depression there where he I didn't I didn't understand really what was was happening, but he would come out and he'd say I feel like I'm I'm being sucked into a black hole, mm. yeah. and I I thought he meant he was tired. I I couldn't. I I couldn't understand what he was saying until later he really described it to me that for the first time in his life he thought about, he sat in there and he thought about all the people in our church that had had migraines that he had not prayed for sufficiently. Mm, And so I think it's when you go through something like this, God can really use it to make you much more sensitive Mm. to those who who have different afflictions. Dear listeners, we want you to f- know tonight that we love you and care for you. Yeah. And this psalm is so personal to all of our lives because as verse 4 says, it talks about all my fears. Yeah. And verse 6, all my troubles. And life is filled with fears and troubles. Somebody has w- well said, you're either in trouble, just got out of trouble, or you're heading for trouble. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, or, yeah. or we're, we're, we, uh, but, but the thing is, we grow through those troubles. We grow in crisis, from crisis to crisis. And God used those crises in our life to cry out to Him. And He will deliver us from our fears and our troubles, dear friends. So give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Our missionaries are here to take your call, who are with us in our church this week, Tim and Claire Peterson, a wonderful, godly couple. They would love to hear from you, pray with you at 929-333-3739. Micah? Yeah, well, Pastor Matt, you know, when I'm in trouble or when I go through trials, I'm just so thankful to have prayer. I, I think about this quite a bit. You know, I, I know that I can speak directly to my Heavenly Father, 
and I'm confident that he hears me, just like this passage says. But, you know, I can also call my earthly father and mother and ask them to pray with me as well. Not everybody has that. I also have other family members and friends who are strong prayer warriors, not to mention my church family at Heritage. And I sometimes wonder, what in the world do unbelievers do when they go through difficult trials and they don't have prayer? But we know what lots of them do. They turn to alcohol or anxiety medication or other destructive behaviors simply to cope. And many, many actually lose hope along the way. So just thank, I'm just so thankful for the Lord and that we don't need to lose hope. And by prayer, we remind ourselves of the one that we put our hope in. Yeah. You know what's I love about this psalm, too, is under the title, it says in very small print, and it's hard for me to read a little bit, but he says, a, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he, and he departed. And when you read that account of David, what he did was actually took the sword of Goliath mm. from the, the high priest, right? And he, he, he took Goliath's sword and went into Philistine country. Mm. Now, you have, to, you have to ask yourself, what in the world <laughs> is David thinking? Taking the hero of the Philistine sword that he had slain. David had killed the, hero, the Philistine's hero, right? And he took the instrument of Goliath. Did that sword help Goliath? Nope. <laughs> no. So what, why would David think that's what he needed mm. to protect himself mm. against Saul, except that he was struggling? Yeah. And, and so to me, it's a, it's a challenge for us not to use the instruments of the world that don't even help the world, mm. but we have prayer. So Dr. Fan, how did, do you, did you yeah. ever connect to that well, David taking the sword of Goliath and all, and, and no, I, I did not think that yeah. biblical at the time. <laughs> I was just trying to survive the day. Yeah, <laughs> but pray, one thing. But thank God yeah. we have prayer, though. That's right. What yeah. an instrument of power. Yeah. So I wanted to comment. So our listeners, I want to say that fears are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was always, I was never been depressed in my life. If anything, I was on the other side of the spectrum. Mm. But when this time came. You know, fear is real, and that's what verse 4 says. Okay, so verse 4 says, you know, deliver from all our fears. And then it goes into verse 7, the comment we made, the angel of the Lord encamps. So, you know, there's a great verse in Hebrews 13, 6, Pastor Record, that says, there's a promise from Jesus, uh, verse 13, uh, Hebrews 13, 5 says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And then verse 6 says, so we come to the Lord is my helper. <clears throat> so when I was going into my black hole, I knew from this passage that Jesus was with me and that if I would call upon him, he would deliver me. He never left me, even when I felt like I was being sucked away into depression. I would pray, and the Lord would bring me out, as I would call my black hole. And it was because of the Lord's promises. He will never hit his presence and his promises. And, Pastor, that drew me out of, of depression. So here you are, you know, you're, you've been a pastor for 20 years. You're in the ministry. You're in the Word. But did you struggle, in a way, with your thinking getting mm-hmm. out of line from yeah. God's Word? Absolutely, because you're yeah. in such pain. Yeah. Yeah. And all you, you know, the pain magnifies everything. Mm-hmm. And you're not sleeping. That's real. Yeah, yeah, this is real. You're not sleeping. Yeah. You're not eating and yeah. or eating very little. And everything is just, everything is magnified. Simply a little bit of light and it brings pain or a little bit of noise with the migraines. And, and so you're in a place, you're in a tough spot. And you know what you were doing during that time also, brother? 
you were per, you were planning to come to Heritage Baptist. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Remember that yeah. was during yeah. kind of toward we yeah. thought COVID was winding down, and yeah. you were scheduled to come right. two years ago at this time, right, right when you were going through this whole situation, yeah. and and so you were still living your life. Yeah. In the midst of that black hole experience, trying and, to, yeah, maybe yeah. not during these two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Gretchen. Yes, I think one uh, very practical thing that our listeners can think about is, uh, I I struggle with my thinking too, and I wasn't in pain, but I still struggle with the struggle, and I I, I struggle with it a lot, even even when I'm, we're not in crisis, and so. Uh, Really praying the Psalms is a good way to keep your mm-hmm. mind focused because yeah. when you're praying, sometimes it can almost become, uh, could I say, depressing, almost like a prayer to myself. I can almost start complaining and it can almost become like a pity party to myself mm-hmm. if I don't keep my my mind focused on the Lord. And, and to pray through the Psalms is, is a wonderful way yeah. to keep your mind focused while you pray because, you know, we're told... To, to fear God, but we're never told to fear His will for us. And that it's almost like I can my, my mind can switch to that where all of a sudden I'm fretting. I go from praying to fretting. If I don't keep my mind focused on what I'm praying for and focus on the Lord and thankful and praising while I pray. So I do think that finding a psalm that speaks to you and speaks to your difficulty mm-hmm. and then praying that psalm, praying through it and praying to God as you pray through it is a really good yeah. practical way and to And even keep praying, your mind it praying, praying it aloud, yeah, praying it out loud, praying to the yeah. Lord, yes. Yeah. And personalizing it because yeah. many of the psalms, particularly the psalms of lament, were written for that purpose yeah. to just put yeah. to words the and express the things that people feel and God is concerned about that. We don't need to hide those feelings or think that they're shameful in some way. We need to be able to express them and so uh that's a very good way to do that. Yeah, with my mouth he says that God's mm. praise will be in my mouth with my mm. voice he said and many times. So we that's right. We have to speak that praise and speak our prayers with our mouth. And, and notice friend, what it says. Right? It says, in my mouth. And if it's yeah. in our mouth, it will come out of our yeah. mouth, okay, yeah. in a right. praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Amen. So, dear friends, what we're saying tonight is the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen. And pay, perhaps what David learned when he went down to the Philistine country with Goliath's sword is that he didn't need the weapons of the world. And you mentioned them earlier, even like maybe antidepressants and yeah. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. like the worldly way to solve yeah. our problems. Yeah. But here our attitude must be to praise God and to pray to Him, dear friends. So we're going to look next at God's answer for the trials, beginning at verse 8. But before we do that, we want, if there's a listener, maybe that wants to talk to Dr. Marsh or Gretchen Fant, maybe you're going through trials, troubles, and fears that are very real. Maybe a physical situation with cancer or maybe even an amputation of a limb or something that's very devastating, a major trial in your life. If you want to call us right on the air, we'll talk to you on air at 929-333-3739. Or if you just want us to pray with you off air, get to us right now at 929-333-3739. But we're going to go to song right here. And on the other side of the song, we'll continue our conversation. Here's a beautiful song. I could not do without thee. We need the Lord in our attitude to praise him and to pray to him always. I could not do without thee, O Savior. 
righteousness, thy pardon, thy precious blood must be my only hope and comfort, my glory and my plea. I could not do I cannot stand alone. I have no strength or goodness, no wisdom of my own. But thou, beloved Savior, art all in all to me, and weakness will be power if trials and through our fears and as Gretchen just said to me as we were talking during that song fear will lead you to do sometimes crazy things but we've got to get back to what God says to give him praise and to pray and now we look at the answer and we need to see the answer for our trial is in responding to the Lord's invitation and that invitation is found in Psalm 34 and 8 verses 8 down to verse 14 and oh taste and see right that the Lord is good so Dr. Fan talk to us about this invitation and how we respond to oh taste and see oh yeah this whole passage oh taste and see oh fear the Lord come verse 11 you children I will teach so there's so much here in this invitation Pastor Record that God says come and, and it says come and taste the Lord is what good so we need to accept that invitation. This word taste, I mean, you know, you may remember as a kid that, that your mom may, may just make you taste a vegetable or something. No, 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 this is not that. This is the Lord saying, this hey, is come, strawberry experience, come and, and partake in what I have for you. Yeah. And taste and see, and you will find, if you respond to the Lord the right way on this journey of the trial, 
you will say he is good. The Lord is saying, telling you he's good. And he said, blessed is him. Oh, fear the Lord. You know, there's no want for them that fear him. So this wonderful invitation of the Lord, we need to accept his invitation on this journey and embrace the journey and go with the Lord on this journey because he is so, so good. This is the classroom of instruction. Yeah. Yeah, and the Lord invites us to come. Yeah, and we've got to do it personally, too. I yeah. mean, I yeah. can't eat a Peter Luger steak and try to explain it to you, Micah. Say, Micah, <laughs> this steak, yeah. it tastes so good, yeah. and I want to describe to you how good, and that you're not going to be satisfied. No. You're going yeah. to want to taste that Peter Luger steak for mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, too, you, know, you think about New York City. If it was satisfying for people to look at a picture of the Statue of Liberty, no one would come to see the Statue of Liberty. But they want to see it for themselves. So we need to taste the Lord ourselves and see. Yeah. And I I love that Dr. Marsh mentioned when he was a little kid, you know, tasting vegetables. I, about three years ago, joined a handful of faithful in our church to teach the youth. And one thing that came instinctually to me was to incorporate the five senses into the lessons. And I know that many teachers do that as well. So when I taught about John the Baptist, for instance, I brought in some raw honeycomb and dried locusts for the kids to eat. And I remember, Pastor, you wouldn't eat the locusts, but some no. of the kids actually did try it. Uh, when I taught about blind Bartimaeus, I wanted the kids to experience what his darkness felt like. So right. I spoke to Hattie in our church, who was blind, and we came up with the idea of blindfolding the kids and having them smell things and taste things mm. to guess what they were. And you'd be surprised how hard it is for an eight-year-old to differentiate between the fragrance of vinegar and vanilla. The point is, we experience with our senses and in Psalm 34 David is speaking of our senses taste and see and in the moments of a trial my experience has been that the closer I get to a complete surrender of that fear and anxiety the more fully I can experience the goodness of the Lord even to the point of enjoying his peace in a physical way yeah yeah I'll say one other thing on this piece that they were, they were wheeling me back for my fifth surgery when they were going to take out the eye mm. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I was just kind of overwhelmed on, on what's it going to be like when this part of you is gone. Mm. And and I go back to the verse we had for our missions conference, Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Mm. And the same thing with invitation in Psalm 34, 8 through 14. Notice in verses 13 and 14, it talks about, Keep thy front tongue from evil, from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So when we're going through our trial, we've got to seek the Lord's way and pursue the Lord's way. Otherwise, we, you know, fear will overtake us, mm-hmm. and we won't take captive the thoughts we need to be taking. And I, this may seem really elementary, but I think it's worth saying that we cannot taste of the Lord. We can't have our fears uh, taken care of. We can't do any of this unless we spend time in God's Word, mm-hmm. and that is so mm-hmm. important. And we need to do it before we have the trial. We need mm-hmm. to be prepared because I was just thinking about in First uh, Peter when uh, it's somewhere in chapter four where he says, "Don't be surprised at the fiery trial as if as if something strange has happened to you." And I think mm-hmm. we need to live our lives really being surprised every day that things are going well because <laughs> we live in a sin-cursed world. So we ought to be surprised and thankful when things go well. And then when we have a trial, we're not shocked. We're not surprised and we're not saying, why, God? And yeah. the, the the truth is, if we spend time in God's Word and we know God and we know the condition of this world, we will know why. Mm-hmm. And we will get our 
our uh, comfort from from God himself and spend time in his word daily. So I I do think it's really important to emphasize the fact that we don't just all of a sudden start reading the Bible when you have a hard time. You have to be in the Bible, if you can read it every day, Mm, and get your strength from there. And you'd be surprised at how that really forms your thinking Mm -hmm. and prepares you for the trials that are around the corner they really are are, are going to to uh, go, gonna hit you at some point, and th- that's absolutely true, dear friends. We all have to be in the Word ourselves. We have to be tasting and seeing mm-hmm. God from His Word mm-hmm. in prayer ourselves. That is mm-hmm. so true. And and you mentioned First Peter, and. God loves this psalm, and Peter loved this psalm because Peter quoted from it twice in the book of First Peter, and and he at least not maybe quote verse eight, but I believe he's referring to verse eight in First Peter two, where he says, "Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby." In other words, taste and see, Amen. and drink of that the, of the meat of God's word, the milk Amen. of God's word, and he definitely refers and quotes from Psalm 34, beginning at verse 12, where he says, He that desires life and sees many good days, and in First uh, Peter chapter 3. So he quotes these scriptures, mm. and he, 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 so Peter loves Psalm 34. Mm. And yeah. that's an amazing thing, that Peter loves Psalm 34, and yeah. so, so still do we, don't we? Yeah, we do. So we need to taste and see. And, Pastor, that's one reason why we're going through the life of Joseph. We're taking this one-week break this week. But we want to prepare people, whether they're going through a trial or, or mm. whether they will go through a trial. Um, you can look at the life of Joseph. It's such a perfect example in the Bible. And then tonight, on top of that, Lord. Uh, so we just, you know, if you have a prayer request tonight, our phone uh, lines have been lit up all evening. So go ahead and give us a call at 929-333-3739. We would love to pray for you, talk to you, help you through your trial, or maybe even give you a verse or a psalm to help get you through. So, Dr. Fan, let's talk about verse 9 for a moment. Okay. And let's, let's be real with this, right? Because it says here that there is no want to them that fear him. So how do you take that verse in relationship to the reality of what you wanted? You wanted to keep your eye, as anyone would have, would have wanted in your situation. Yeah. But God didn't see fit to heal it. So how do you take that in light of your experience that there's no want to them that fear him well i think um uh, when you when you look at this next section as well about the presence of god is that god will never leave me nor forsake me Mm -hmm. and through whatever i may want i know his will is perfect and i have to adjust my expectations what the lord wants so i don't become bitter against god because you know, uh, he he died for me. He died for me. Mm-hmm. Why should I not be willing to give up an eye or whatever if this is the journey he has for me? Because I will bless the Lord at all times. Yeah. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Many of the afflictions. So really, Pastor Record, it's just a matter of setting expectations and really bowing. I remember after the eye came out, I was sitting there, and, and I don't do medications well, so the pain meds, I, they weren't staying down. And I just visually remember in my bed crying out and visually saying, Lord, I'm bowing my knee before your throne because mm. I know, Lord, this is your will. I'm bowing my knee to serve you. You yeah. are God, and you are God alone, even though my desire was to gain sight. At that fifth surgery, 
I've been praying for 14 months. Mm, yeah. And the doctors really thought they could. So that's a great question. And it's disappointing. Yeah. You know, but but then again, God is perfect. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. And that's where we started, yeah. really, when you talked about the sovereignty of God. And ultimately, yeah. we have to trust yes. in the Lord and not our own yeah. understanding. And Paul, remember, had a thorn in the flesh, and he asked, he wanted that that thorn, whatever it it was mm-hmm. uh, to be gone, and God said, "No, my mm-hmm. grace is sufficient for you." So, uh, just like children, my children wanted a lot of things. They wanted to play with knives and guns <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, and they wanted a lot of things, and we want a lot of things, but we don't know what's best for us. That's and that, I think that's the bot- bot- bottom line of it. Yeah, I just want to pick up on that, and let's look at verse sixteen a minute. Because, as you said, what we so verse 16 of Psalm 34 says, The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So sometimes we ask God during a trial, are you punishing me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got to go back and think biblically. And it, look at verse 18. And maybe, Pastor Rucker, if you could read Psalm 34, 18, because there's a promise here that I want our listeners really to hold on to. Yeah, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, yeah. and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. So even though my expectation was to keep the eye, mm-hmm. you know, I knew God was not for, I w- he was not punishing me mm-hmm. for my sin. My sin was judged in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the promise is his presence will be with me even mm-hmm. when the eye is taken out. You know, well, where it says there's no want to them that fear him, ultimately yeah. we have to believe that God knows what is for my ultimate good. Mm -hmm. And that may not be what I think at that moment is for my ultimate good. I love what Spurgeon says here in his commentary on Psalm 34. He said, if if I have not got something that I think is good for me, Mm. he says, Spurgeon says, they're not good. For if they were good, good for me, and I'm truly seeking God, I should have them. If they were good things, my Heavenly Father would not deny them to me. He has said He would not, and I believe His pledged word. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing. We have to ultimately rest in the goodness and the love, the yeah. sovereignty of God. Now, I think the key word you just said was rest, R-E-S-T, mm-hmm. because there is a whole theology of rest for the believer, for the child yeah. of God. And that's, mm-hmm. where, we have to, that's how we, where we have to live. Yeah. Yeah. And in the and in the meantime, when we're struggling, we we have to refuse bitter thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to mm-hmm. believe God knows what is best and rest mm-hmm. in what he is he is working through. And that's not easy. That's easier easy to say, not so easy to it's do. It's easy to tell other people that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Job went through that, right? right. Isn't that what I mean, Job had counseled all these people and then he mm-hmm. was going through it himself. Yeah. Okay, so Here's God's answer to our trials. We have to respond to the Lord's invitation to taste and see personally of him through his word. Then we have to recognize the Lord's presence. So verses 15 through 18 especially rest, bring us into the Lord's presence with us through these trials. So, so how did... How did uh, Dr. Fant, how did the Lord show himself to you through your trials? And did you experience his presence in some kind of a a sweet and beautiful way through that time? Yeah, I think, well, number one, it brought me closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when this first happened, 
uh, the first thing that I went to Pastor Recker was I knew, like in in my in my job of helping churches, I study a lot about the church. But when this happened, I knew I needed to go back and fall in love with Jesus. So I spent the next year just reading how Christ dealt with the afflicted. And I think it drew me and my wife closer together as we go down this journey together. And so this whole thing, God used it for good. And during the whole thing, as you look at this, the presence of God was sweet. And here's what I saw him doing. Because during these days, before I lost my eye, I still had to wear a patch. Because my pupil was so dilated, just like, you know, coming out of the doctor's office after mm-hmm. an eye exam. Mm-hmm. And that patch, it gave me ministry opportunities with people I would have never had before. Mm-hmm. And we could talk. So those sweet moments uh, of God saying, okay, I'm going to use this affliction. You know, and again, it's easy for me, for our listeners' sake, because I wear a patch. But mm-hmm. The ones I feel for, the ones I pray for, those that you can't see their affliction, mm-hmm. those that are hurting. And if that's you listening to us today, we'd love to pray with you because uh, you may feel all alone and you don't have that sweet moment the Lord had given me yet. Yeah, and, you know, I go back to that verse 7 where it says, The angel of the Lord encampeth yeah. round about them that fear him. So often when yeah. I think of the presence of God during human trials, I often think of the dramatic stories in the book of Daniel. You know, uh, chapter 3 where one like the Son of God is standing in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or chapter 6 where God sent his angel to shut the mouth of lions for Daniel in the lion's den. And that's one reason why hearing your testimony, Dr. Fant, is so impactful um, and it's so important because the body of Christ needs to hear it. whether we're going through a trial now or whether we will. We can look back at the stories of the Bible, but even we can look back at the stories of those among us who've gone through the tri- trial and come out the other side. Yeah. And so, and Gretchen, talk to us as Marsh was going through this trial. Did you feel like God had abandoned you? I mean, you, you mentioned your fears earlier. You didn't know if he would go completely blind. So what was your focus and desire for him through this trial? And how did you help him as well? How did you help? Did you have to care for him in any kind of special ways? I did. And uh, I think that, first of all, when part of you dies, it's a very sobering experience. And when you're married, you feel like you're the, almost the same person. So it was like part of us, mm. just part of us died. Mm. And so and I there's, think... And there's grieving. You want to comment on grief. that? There's yeah. grief, yes. There, there is a, a grieving... In the losing of the eyes. losing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just, I had never thought about that. Uh, we actually have my, my daughter's uh, father-in-law uh, lost his arm. And I, I thought about that in a totally different way. I thought, mm-hmm. I can't, you, 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 you just, to mm-hmm. lose a part of yourself is very, very difficult. So I think in that sense, it uh, brought us together. I think it uh, has made us uh, more sensitive to, to others that, that have difficulties. And I can't even remember your question. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, that, that, I got that to thinking about that. And I forgot. Like how you had to care for okay, him for and your focus. Yes. Yeah. That was, no, that, I, I no, never that, felt, yes, I never felt that God had abandoned yeah. me. I, no, no. I really didn't. I knew that oh, the whole time we wanted him to regain sight and we had great hope yeah. for that. But um, we we both knew that God was going to do what God was going to do, and his purposes Amen. would be established no matter what. Yeah, what. and Dr. Fant, you had me read verse 18 earlier. I'd like right. to go back to it where it talks about 
uh, the Lord is nigh them uh, that are of a broken heart, and he saves those who are of a contrite spirit. So how would you counsel someone listening listening tonight who has that broken heart? Because you, you experienced it as yeah. well. And that's an interesting thing, actually, to think about. I mean, you almost talked about the death of your eye. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. But, but how, how would you counsel someone with a broken heart? Yeah, first I would say, uh, you know, you weep with those that weep, okay? Mm-hmm. And so there is a grieving process. So God has given us emotions. So I, I know that the grieving it should be a part of it. And there are people that we just need to sit down and cry with sometimes mm-hmm. and because you are going through it. And this loss is real. So those that are of a broken heart, they should not feel guilty about grieving or weeping or, or expressing emotionally, yeah. uh, you know, really what is going on in life um, because you've got, God has wired us that way. Yeah. Gretchen, did you want to add quickly to that? Yes, I think that, and we, we, I mentioned the, the Psalms of lament, and I believe that when somebody is going through a difficult time, that is a wonderful time for God to really speak to you and cause you to grow. So I would, oh, I always recommend to someone to journal, to write down yeah, what God is good. teaching you through this time to to go to the psalms to 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 cry there's a time of of weeping and but then there's a time where that you cry you have to cry to the lord and that yeah. is, that is a cry of faith amen amen so we just have a few moments left Micah, and, mm-hmm. and i wanted you to kind of finish it off with verse 20 that says yeah. that god will keep all his bones mm-hmm. and and can a, can a believer ever lose a bone or an eye <laughs> well yes is yeah. the answer mm-hmm. And is this a contradiction, do you think, since Dr. Fant ended up losing his eye? And what is, what is the messianic promise in this verse that you see? Yeah, well, I remember, Pastor, when you told me we were going to discuss this psalm. And as I was reading through it and I got to verse 20, it really jumped out at me because that is a messianic um, prophecy in verse 20. And it talks about, I'll just read it. It says, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. And in John's gospel, John describes the scene at the crucifixion and points out that because the Jews were preparing for the Sabbath, they couldn't leave the bodies of Jesus or the two criminals on the cross as the sun went down. So the Roman soldiers were given permission by Pilate to break the legs of each, which would make it impossible for them to prop themselves up and breathe, speeding up the process of their death. So John said when they got to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already, and so then they didn't have to break his bones. So I just think it's so amazing that this Psalm of David, which talks about David, which talks about us, it also talks about Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And you know when it reminds us, this talks to us about Jesus. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. But he died. Mm. He died mm-hmm. and stopped breathing. Mm. And But that's the power of the gospel is resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're going to live again. And Dr. Fan, you will have both eyes yeah. when you yeah. see Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. so it's been a joy. Yeah. Thank to, you to for having us. Thank, thank you so much. Wonderful. Micah, thank you. Thank Pastor you, Dr. Director. Fant. And thank you to the Petersons on the other side. Micah, Gretchen, may God bless you. And dear listeners, remember that maybe you are experiencing brokenness today. But brokenness is the way to blessing. And when you are broken, you will see the faithfulness of the Savior. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.